Well, happy Mother's Day to you, and I uh, hope that today is a blessing to your family, and especially to you moms there at whatever stage you are. Uh, mom's Mother's Day can be a, a, a difficult holiday. It can also be a wonderful holiday. And sometimes it can be both of those things in the same day for the same mom. Uh, it can be hard if you're a, a, a lady who's had trouble or is unable to have children. Mother's Day can be difficult. A Mother's Day can be difficult if you've lost your mom. And it makes today uh, maybe bittersweet. Uh, depending on your mom, you may not have had a, a great mom. And so it can be hard in that way. But we are talking today about moms uh, because the Bible says in Romans thirteen seven to give honor to whom honor is due. And that's appropriate to do uh, as Christians, as the body of Christ. We need to do that not just publicly from up here and through the preaching and teaching, but personally and individually. And so I hope today is a, a special day for you, uh, maybe even if it is a hard day, uh, to be reminded that honoring mothers is a good thing. I say that uh, to preface the May Grace Challenge, which has been... Um, I'll say one of the more interesting grace challenges, uh, basically a week into it, I can say I've received more texts and emails and conversations about this challenge. Um, I don't know how many of you, by show of hands, have your bracelet on today. Okay, good. Those of you who are still persevering, not giving up. Um, there was one lady, um, she, I didn't get permission to share this, but she told me that uh, she was going to just wear two bracelets because that was easier than moving it back and forth from one hand to the other all the time. Uh, and a, a mom uh, texted me middle of the week, and again, just because of the day and not to embarrass anybody, but she said, does it count if you're yelling at your children, just build each other up and move on? Appreciate that uh, honesty. So it's uh, hopefully been a good teaching exercise, and I hope that you. We do still have a few bracelets back. If you, they're in that corner at the double doors, if you want to get one, I know some of you got one and found it was too small. Uh, I did try to order more, but that was the largest size that they made. So uh, there will be no complaining about the fact that your non-complaining bracelet doesn't fit, but. Uh, it's the best we could do. I'm, I apologize. So, anyway, hopefully you can find a way to bring that into your daily routine and to just be reminded, first of all, how easy and tempting it is to be a complainer and a griper and a criticizer, uh, even when you're a person of faith. Uh, but when you realize how often you do it, hopefully you can turn those words into good things, into blessings, into Ephesians 4.29, which says, let no, and what he calls it here is, Corrupting talk, and I think that's interesting, the, the, the words that we say, the complaining and the gossiping, the criticizing and, and the condemning can be, are really corrupting talk. Well, how are they corrupting? Well, they're corrupting our hearts. They're corrupting the hearts of other people. And so uh, he says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth except only that is which is good for building others up. So that it may give grace to those who hear. And that's really the point is not just to, to be reminded of how easy it is to do, but to change that, that you may be an, uh, a, 
a vessel of God's grace that your words may bring healing and encouragement and warmth and and uh, keep people going on their journey. So we have uh, on today's day, we have lots of families that I'm aware of that have special ways of honoring their mothers. You do that in different ways. I don't know what your tradition is. I think I've shared before at the Levering household, Mother's Day means that uh, the kids and I get up a little bit early and we will fix some form of breakfast or go get breakfast and uh, serve that to mom in bed. Uh, maybe that's a tradition that you and your family have. Uh, some of you have gotten a special gift. Uh, could be a, a, a clothing item or a pair of shoes or uh, something of that nature. It could be a gift of service. Um, yesterday, yesterday, I went over to my mom's house and we planted some flowers. And maybe some of you do that for your mom, and that's kind of a, a Mother's Day tradition. That's a way to honor your mother. Uh, maybe it's not just planting flowers, but perhaps giving your mom flowers and uh, or maybe it's even making a homemade card or any sort of homemade gift. Moms always seem to treasure those in their hearts. Of course, if you are ever unsure about what to get your mom for Mother's Day, uh, there is one answer that always suffices, and that is chocolate. Um, that covers a multitude of sins, I'm told. So I can't go wrong with that. Uh, but probably the best, I think one mom told me one year, the best thing you can give your mom for Mother's Day is a break. Okay, so if you can just, or she doesn't have to cook, doesn't have to deal with children, you know, just kind of give her a break from the responsibilities that she has the other 364 days a year. When you think about all the different gifts that you give your mom or that others give their moms and how we honor them with gifts, there's a reason that we do that. Uh, there's a reason that we take time to give our mothers gifts in different forms and fashions because they give us so many gifts each day of our lives. You start to try to list, a uh, list is too long to make, so I sort of made categories. Uh, the first, and obviously I think the best, uh, most profound gift that your mother gave you is life. Um, there was a time when you were being knit together by the Lord himself, but he used your mother's womb to do that. And I'm not, can't speak from personal experience, but my understanding is uh, pregnancy is a, um, a little stressful to the body. It causes some changes, causes, causes some difficulties. It is a difficult process to go through. And a mother does that as one of the first and most profound gifts that she will give to her children is the gift of life. Second is the gift of, of food, of feeding their children. Whether it starts at the beginning, whether it's breastfed or formula fed, whether it's as they're raising children, a homemade meal or, or going out to eat somewhere. Uh, I don't know where your mom would take you, Chick-fil-A or maybe Chick-fil-A. Um, uh, whether it's a uh, vegan you know, uh, non-celiac, or not celiac, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Um, as long as your moms give you food, and that's a good thing. So appreciate, appreciate that. The third thing that your mother's trying to give you is comfort. Uh, whether it's a shoulder to cry on, a listening ear, a princess band-aid for a skin knee, uh, those are things that comes a, a lot of times from mom. 
Moms are very much the source of comfort uh, in their children. Even as their children grow, there's nothing like a mother's comfort. A mother provides wisdom, wisdom in lots of different ways. Sometimes it's uh, sitting you on her knee and explaining you to way, the way the world works. Sometimes it's sitting at a table and helping you with your schoolwork. Uh, sometimes it's just imparting what Proverbs 31 says is faithful instruction is on her tongue. Mothers are teachers in all different forms in life. Uh, they give the gift of cleansing, whether it's uh, bath time. Uh, I actually watched this happen. I have this as an example in the sermon, but moms have a, there's a chemical something in, or other in the, their saliva. I mean, just licking that thumb, it can lay down hair, it can wipe off tar or anything off the face. It's just a, a magical potion that seems to work for almost anything, but uh, they're there for a lot of times to help us clean ourselves up a little bit, make us look a little better. Protection. Um, can I ask by a show of hands or uh, a, a general growling, how many mama bears do I have in here? Okay. Not very many. Oh, a few rumbles. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and one of the things moms do for their baby cubs is protect them, watch over them. That's when they're little, little. Very little, keeping them from running out into the street. Maybe it's dealing with a, a bully at school, uh, or maybe it's just um, reminding them uh, how much that they're loved and protected at home. Uh, Mama bears also should remember this lesson from the story of Goldilocks and the three bears. Uh, there's a reason that Mama bear's porridge was always cold. She's always up and about and... Uh, doing those things for her little cubs because she loves them. Moms are a source of encouragement, uh, cheering you on, giving you that word of, of just that uh, word of encouragement to, to remind you that you can do this and that you can, maybe it's the loudest voice in the stands, or maybe it's just saying, wait until your father gets home. Uh, moms have all sorts of ways of encouragement. Um, how many of you have seen this mom in the stands? Okay, no, no, no confessions here. Okay, how many of you have been this mom in the stands? Okay, that's what moms do. That's their way of encouraging and, and making sure their children get all the good stuff in life. Well, there's all sorts of gifts that you, that mothers give to their children and to their families. But aside from life, if you give none of those gifts... Uh, there's one very important thing that you give to your children. And that's what I want to talk about this morning and how we can, how moms can implement and how we as families can help them. The most important gift that a mother gives is her faith in God. Uh, aside from the encouragement, aside from the comfort, aside from the food and the cleansing and all of that, the most important thing a mother will instill within her children is faith in the Lord. Being a mom in this age is is difficult. Uh, I mean, being a mom has always been hard, but it's especially hard in this age because not only do you have all the pressures of motherhood, but in a moment you can pick up a device and you can pull up Pinterest and see all the things you really should be doing. Or you can pull up social media on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter and hear about all the other perfect moms in the world. And compare yourselves with them. 
It's a, it's a bar that's just a little higher than you are. It's just a measure that's just beyond your reach. And mothers of previous generations always had pressure, but it was never so immediately available to compare themselves to other mothers. Let me just tell you this morning, I hope that you can get away from the comparison trap. I hope that you can forget all of those things and just settle and focus in on trying to instill within your children a sincere faith in God. That's the most important, lasting thing, not just for them eternally, but for our world eternally. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Some of the most important lessons a mother gives her children are the lessons about unseen things, the lessons of things which they will have to learn to trust just as they trust their mother. Well, how does a mom do that? All right, so let me give you four things this morning, and you can chew on these. First is, I want to. I hope that you will encourage faith by telling them about the Lord. Romans ten seventeen says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So. The Apostle Paul, in, in writing the letter of Romans, says that we, if you want faith, you have to start with God's Word. When I think of God's Word, I think of a book, and that's true. We have more translations. It's the best-selling book of all time. The Bible is readily available, not just in this form, but certainly in digital form. All sorts of apps, uh, not just Bible apps for your phone or iPad that some of you are using this morning, but there's audio versions, there's the, the reading of the Bible, there's Bible podcasts, uh, there's video versions of the Bible. Their Bible is more available than it has ever been. And yet as a world, as a culture, we are going, growing increasingly Bible illiterate. It's so available, but yet we don't seem to turn to it. My answer or reasoning for that, or the thinking of why this is, why we have this problem is because... There's no one to tell them, no one to instill the word within their hearts. You see, when Romans was written, there wasn't a paper Bible. It it was the letter of Romans being written, and very few people had access to that. Very few people could even read. So how was God's word transmitted to the people so that faith could uh, be had? The answer, it was it was shared. It was told. And the very first place which that happened, the very first place which God intended that to happen, was in the home. Turn to Deuteronomy 6, a well-known uh, set of verses about the importance of telling the old, old story, but not doing it from a pulpit, but doing it from within a home. Deuteronomy chapter 6, this is, of course, the great command to Israel. And he says this, Verse 4, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Well, how are, how are they going to get those instilled? Does it just come from the priest? Well, I'm sure it did sometimes. Verse 7 goes on to, to give very specific how. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. 
Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Mother's words are some of the most powerful, impactful parts of a child's heart. And when a mother's words are God's words, can you just imagine, do you understand the power, the legacy that you will have spiritually if you will speak God's words into your children's heart as you sit down, as you get up, as you walk along the road, as you do the things of life, God's word becomes a part of what you do. And it becomes a part of who you are. And it becomes a part of the things which you talk about. So maybe God's word fits in by reading the Bible together around the table as you have dinner. Perhaps God's word is taught as a, in a family devotional that you have together. Perhaps it's singing praises to God uh, as you go along in, your, in the mom taxi from one school to another or from one home or from ball practice to home. May the words of God enrich your life deeply as your mother. That's very important to do. Mostly, I think a mom has special words to speak when she talks about how God has worked in her life. Talk about the time before you knew Christ. Talk about how Christ made a difference. Talk about the, the times in life when you've struggled in your faith. These are valuable insights that we should not be afraid to share with our children. Secondly, you can build faith by praying to God. Um, the best example that I could think of was, uh, in this regard was the famous story from 1 Samuel about a woman named Hannah. Hannah was uh, the mother of a preacher man. It was, she was a woman who at first was unable to have children. And this drove her to prayer to the point that even the priest thought, this lady is crazy. In fact, he thought she was drunk because she was just sitting there moving her lips. But in fact, she was a prayerful woman. She knew that the only way to go from barren to having a child was to entreat the Lord's help. And so she was a woman of prayer, and that story is told at the beginning of 1 Samuel. And I'm going to read just part of that from chapter 1. Eli, who was the, the, the priest at that time, he answered to Hannah, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant what you have asked. She said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went away and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose before the Lord and went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah lay with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. She was certainly a woman of prayer, and she begged and pleaded with God and Eli said, here, I, may the Lord give you what you ask for. But even beyond just seeking that, having that prayer just selfishly for her own pride, being able to have children, she does something that is far more impressive to me. She takes her little boy, and after he is weaned, she takes him to the temple and dedicates him to the Lord. Not in just a, a ceremony, but she leaves him there 
with Eli the priest. Now, I know some of you struggling moms with little children, you're getting big ideas this morning about leaving your kids with Toby. No, we're not having any of it, okay? (laughs) This is a special example. It was very unique, just to Hannah's situation. But she dedicates him to the Lord, which is what she promised the Lord she would do. And we're skipping down to um, verse 27. She's speaking to Eli. As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here praying beside you, praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Can you imagine as a mother this child for whom you had prayed? obviously the apple of her eye and just the the whole of her heart and to be able to to wean the child and then leave him in dedication in response to what God had done. Some would say, oh, how could you do that, Hannah? And Hannah would say, how could I do any less? For God has answered my prayer. And so I'm going to respond to him in worship in offering my only son. It's a picture of what God did through his son Jesus. And what did she do after this? Chapter 2 of 1 Samuel. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. What a beautiful testament to the power of prayer. And I know so many moms who are faithful prayers, not just for their children, but with their children. That's important because not only are you praying over them, but you're teaching them to pray. The way they pray is the way in which they often learn. And when they hear you praying, you're teaching them how to address their father Someday in prayer. You can further model, uh, model faith by trusting in God. This is the verse that we read, that was read for us in 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 3. And Paul is reaching, uh, speaking toward his young protege. And he's As was said, he's in prison, he's lonely, he's recalling the affection that he has for these people. And in particular, he's thinking of Timothy. Now, Paul and Timothy certainly had a special relationship, and they were close. He called him his true son in the faith. But what was it that inspired Timothy to be so close to Paul? Paul said it was because of his sincere faith. Where'd that faith come from? I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did. This is chapter 1, verse 3. With a clear conscience, as night and day, I constantly remember you in prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived 
and your grandmother Lois, and then your mother Eunice, and I am now persuaded, lives in you also. Can I ask for a moment, just by show of hands, how many of you had a mother or grandmother who were a deep impact on you as a person of faith? They set a powerful example for you. You see, this, to me, is one of the greatest things that mothers instill within their children. It's the power of faith. Timothy was a young minister. He was going to influence people in the church. Paul was, of course, an apostle writing a letter to a young minister. His letter written for us is still influencing the church. And in that letter, he calls out Timothy for his sincere faith. And he says, but I know where this faith started. It started first in your, in your grandmother and then your mother. Mothers, grandmothers, may you not forget that as long as you still have the breath of life in you, you have the power to make an influence and set an example of trusting in the Lord. Now, there is no mention of Timothy's father. We don't know if he was around or what, what exactly the scenario was. Maybe he was available in Timothy's life, but certainly the impact of Lois's faith and Eunice's faith set Timothy up for success. Mothers, grandmothers, you are laying the foundation of faith in your children and your children's children. What you do means more than you know. Mothers, finally, set a daily example. Um, in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, the Apostle Paul said, Follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus Christ. Whether you're showing your children love, whether you're showing them affection, tenderness, compassion, whether you're feeding them, making them a meal, doing laundry, going to work, shuttling them from one place to another, or doing any of the other 9,482,612 things that moms do. May you see each of those things as an opportunity to show Christ. Mothers are some of the greatest disciple makers in the kingdom. Oh, I know when we think about making disciples, we think about knocking on doors and going on mission campaigns. And those things are good and important. We think about sending missionaries around the world. And those are wonderful, by the way. Don't forget to turn in your missions card if you haven't done so. But let me tell you that there's a powerful way to make disciples. And it lies in the hands of a mother whose faith is in God, who's praying to God, who's trusting in God, you are not expected to be perfect. You'll notice I have not brought Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31 is a great proverb, but it's kind of like that Pinterest mom. It's kind of like that social media mom. It's just such, such a level of, of expectation and a standard that seems so impossible to reach. Uh, Christy said one time after reading Proverbs 31, who is this woman? How does she do all of this? And maybe there are some who do make to that level. But for most women, they read Proverbs 31 and go, well, I'm a failure. I, I can't do that. I can't, you know, rise up early and go to my job and work in the marketplace and bargain at the gate. I don't do all those things. Listen. You need to understand that as a mother, 
The most important thing that you do is not be perfect, but point to the one who is perfect. Your faith is what makes the difference in the lives of your children. And that example sets faith, and it's an example that you set all day long. Guide me in your truth and that you understand that a mother's faith is her greatest gift. Your, may, your children may be excellent students, get full-ride scholarships to Ivy League universities. Your children may be world-class athletes who are awarded millions of dollars in pay and are known around the world. Maybe your child will one day even be president. But the most important thing Above all of that, is that you instill within your children the faith in Jesus. Mothers do many things for a family, but that, instilling living, active faith in Christ Jesus, is what matters most. And this is your greatest gift. So may you not get discouraged. May you not worry about all the other moms. May you not focus on what you are or are not doing. But may your faith be in him. May that example be set so your children have footsteps to follow him. The greatest gifts that our mom, moms can give us is, of course, faith in Jesus. The greatest gift God gave us is his son, which makes faith in God possible at all. And this morning, if you haven't had the opportunity to put on Christ, to follow Christ, to devote your life to him. I want to invite you to take that very first step by believing and repenting of your sin and putting him on in baptism. 
and beginning the journey with Jesus. The two most important days are the first, the day you're born, and the second is the day you're reborn. And your mother's a big part of the day you're born, but the day you're reborn, well, that's in your hands. If you're ready to be reborn, if you're ready to start that journey with Jesus, we'd be happy to help you. Or whatever spiritual need you may have, we'll be glad to receive you if you will come together as we stand and sing.